The Democrat Party's debilitating obsession with slamming whites has really put them in a bit of a pickle, considering that now that's all they have to offer their rabid base. But a crucial part of that base, which would be minorities, are saying, well, we don't like any of the black candidates you gave us, and so we're just going to go with idiot Joe Biden, whose black bona fides are based on a lie. I mean, who said Dems were stupid? Also, speaking of blacks, Governor Blackface of Virginia is declaring an explicitly unconstitutional and unilateral gun ban to prevent people from exercising their right to carry on Capitol grounds ahead of Lobby Day. Dude is trying to get himself yeeted. Plus, Blaze TV's Stuber's year does America. That's the name of his show. He does it. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that means. So he's going to be here to explain it to us. Plus an update from our congressional correspondent, Nate Madden. I'm John Miller and the White House brief begins now. Friendly reminder, hit that subscribe button here on the left if you haven't already. All right. The Democrat Party apparatus was not fond, not fond of the all white everything lineup. No, 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 no. Not one bit. Ew, we don't like those yucky whites. I say we don't like them. First, I want to tell you about credit repair. Let's say two White House brief listeners, all right, went to the same auto dealership to buy the same car. Listener one had slightly below average credit, you know, a couple of late payments like a lot of us. Listener two was smart. Before he car shopped, he called creditrepair.com for actual information from an actual human. In just minutes, his creditrepair.com advisor shared his credit score and report summary for free. Then they pointed out items that could cause him to pay more for his car and how he could work to fix them. In the end, he made sure his report was fair and accurate before applying for a loan. So if you're thinking about buying a car, refinancing your home, or applying for credit, call creditrepair.com first. Get your free credit score and report, plus smart advice from actual humans on how you can improve both. Call 800-551-9835. 800-551-9835. That's 800-551-9835. And it's not available in all states, including Georgia, Mississippi, Ohio, Oregon, and South Carolina. So with ludicrous Booker and a kooky Kamala out of the race, Democrat leaders and media figures are devastated that they only have white people representing their ever so diverse party, which is supposed to represent an ever so diverse America. The morphing demographics of America gets them excited each day because ultimately that means more votes for them to transform the country away from what made it great in the first place. Interestingly, however, your everyday black voters had no intention of voting for the black candidates anyway, and yet the suicidal positions these politicians hold would still ensure this demographic transformation that the Democrats so desire. So what? Is it just, is it just sheer disdain for white people that is driving talking heads in the media to bemoan the lack of black and Hispanic candidates on the debate stage? Right now, a stage uh, for the Democratic Party that is all white is not a stage that the Democrats should be proud of in 2020. Nope, should not be proud. No, no, no. Uh, suffering from an anti-white problem, are we Democrats? The unhinged demons at Salon.com say the Democratic debate stage is now all white. 
It doesn't have to be this way. The party that lays claim to a multiracial future presents white contenders in 2020. That's bad for democracy. No, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how democracy is supposed to work. In fact, that is the most basic definition of democracy, putting aside the fact that this country was never intended to be a democracy anyway. In this instance, regardless of what those who are, who are paid on television to represent the party on national TV, despite what they say, rank and file black voters are like, Hey, these, uh, these black candidates that you're offering to us bring nothing to the table. We saw what happened the last time we put a black man in that office. Race relations in this country fell to crap. And so we're just not that interested in the black candidates that you're giving us. And we'd rather vote for Joe Biden. That's what the Democrat voters are saying. According to a Washington Post Ipsos poll, Biden holds a wide lead among black voters in the Democratic presidential race. He has more black support than all of the other candidates combined. And this is something that Biden likes to brag about profusely. I have more people supporting me in the black community that announced for me because they know me. They know who I am. Three former chairs of the Black Caucus, the only African-American woman that ever been elected to the United States Senate. Yeah, black African-American woman. A little bit of an awkward moment there, because if you remember, if you recall, Joe Biden was standing right next to another black African-American senator named Akuki Kamala, who was very confused by the statement because she was not supporting him for president. It's not because he's senile, but she, of course, was supporting herself. Selfish little woman. Biden's claim to fame with black voters is apparently because of his supposed support for the blacks' plight. I got involved in desegregated movie theaters and helping, you may remember, Reverend Moyer in Delaware and Herman Holloway organized voter registration drives, coming out of black churches on Sunday, figuring how we were going to move. He's been claiming this stuff for years. I mean, remember, because he, he's, he's pretty ancient. Since at least 1983, he said things like this. When I was 17 years old, I participated in sit-ins to desegregate restaurants and movie houses in my state. And my stomach turned upon hearing the voices of Faubus and Barnett. He made similar claims again in the late 80s. When I was 17 years old, like many of you, I participated in sit-ins to desegregate the restaurants and movie houses of Wilmington, Delaware. And once again, boasting comparable stuff that spring. I came out of the civil rights movement. I was one of those guys that sat in and marched and all that stuff. Yeah, there's only one problem, and that is there's zero evidence that Biden had any involvement in the civil rights movement in the 1960s. And unlike Bernie Sanders, who was actually arrested in 1963 in anti-segregation protests, Biden's contemporaries have no memory of his activism. Civil rights activists in Wilmington and the University of Delaware, while Biden was a student, said they don't recall him participating in any demonstrations. And a member of the Student Committee Against Discrimination at the University of Delaware told the Washington Examiner she doesn't remember Biden being involved in campus activism at all. None of the stuff he's talking about seems to have happened. And in the late 80s, in fact, Biden was forced to retract his claims to civil rights fame and glory and said, quote, well, I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. I was a suburbanite kid who got a dose of exposure to what was happening to black Democrats. 
All right, well, so that's very different, Biden. That's very different. So what you've got is a Democratic candidate who has swindled blacks into voting for him in big numbers by lying about his civil rights record. You have representatives of the party who are upset that blacks aren't represented enough on the debate stage while a white guy leads the pack. And then all together, they are working furiously to enact policies that destroy Western civilization. And this is supposed to end well for them? You know, this is what happens when you build your party around the false notion that whitey is bad, minority good, and character irrelevant. And speaking of questionable character, over in Virginia, Democratic Governor Blackface is declaring an emergency ban on all guns from state capitol grounds in response to plans for a two-way sanctuary demonstration on Lobby Day due to his extreme anti-gun agenda. He's saying this is because of Charlottesville. We wouldn't want to repeat. Well, I've got two things to say to you, Governor Northam. You are breaking the law. Virginia Code 44-146-15 prevents the governor from using emergency powers to strip citizens or in any way prohibit their rights to keep and bear arms. It is a blatant violation of the Constitution and of Virginia law. And two, no one was shot in Charlottesville. No one died because of a firearm. Heather Heyer was hit by a car. So, so what are you going to do, ban cars? And that's the only way to fix this, you idiot. As you guys know, we're following this closely and we will be in the capital of Virginia covering Lobby Day on Monday. And crowds are expected to be real big, so stay tuned, we'll give you an update on Tuesday. Meanwhile, an update from our congressional correspondent, Nate Madden, on the spiraling debt in this country that nobody wants to talk about. Hand it over to you, Nate. Thanks, John. You know, one thing you're probably not gonna hear too much about as Congress continues along with the spectacle of Trump impeachment and the drama from the campaign trail keeps rolling out, is the fact that we're still recklessly spending our way into financial ruin as a country. Yes, according to numbers from the Treasury Department earlier this week, the federal budget deficit hit over $1 trillion for calendar year 2019 for the first time since 2012. For reference, a trillion is what you get when you multiply one million one million times. There's your first million, there's your second million, and then you put all those zeros together. You barely have room for all the zeros. And despite the constant indicators that we receive about this problem, Congress keeps sending those bloated budget bills to the White House that'll just keep the problem going. Look folks, our national debt is currently over $23 trillion and still growing, according to the US debt clock. Imagine if you went in for an annual checkup and the doctor told you yet again that something you were voluntarily doing was killing you a little bit more each time. You'd probably stop it. Imagine if you knew that there was a structural problem in your house that would eventually endanger your kids if you left it unchecked. You'd probably take care of it instead of letting it get continually worse year after year. You'd have to be insane to live like that otherwise. But that's how we continue to function year in and year out as a republic when it comes to our public finances. And why? Well, with all the other stuff that usually takes up people's attention in Washington, concerns about the debt often get treated like an afterthought when it comes time for Congress to scramble and try to keep the federal government from going into partial shutdown mode. I mean, how many times have we seen that particular story play out, huh? 
You know, if we want to fix this problem, we as a society are going to have to step back for a minute, get serious, and ask ourselves whether or not we want to keep burdening our children and our grandchildren with the cost of our massive, overgrown federal government. But that's going to require paying far more attention to this problem than we currently do, and it's going to require us to keep letting our representatives know how fed up we are about it. I'm Nate Madden for Blaze TV. Until next time, folks. All right, thank you, Nate. More on the Democratic debate coming up. So if you didn't watch the latest Democrat debate, well, I don't blame you. It was insufferable, as it always is. So we've got Stuber's year from Blaze TV on deck to hopefully help make it slightly less grueling. But first, I want to tell you about home title lock. Deborah, she had her home stolen. No, not the stuff in her home, her actual home. Scammers literally stole her home. Home title theft is the fastest growing white collar crime, according to the FBI, at least one of them. And Deborah's story is why my friends protect their home and its title with home title lock. Deborah says that criminals, they found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned it. But it gets worse. Deborah says, I was evicted from our own home and 85 grand in equity gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. And that's exactly why you need home title lock because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. So first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you're already a victim, you could be, and you just don't know it. Then sign up to help protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Nobody wants to be like Deborah. To get you started, I got you 60 risk-free days of protection. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, HomeTitleLock.com, that is HomeTitleLock.com. Stuber's Year has a new show coming out on Blaze TV next month. Stu does America. It's going to be five days a week. Stu's with us now. Stu, great to see you, man. Hey, great to see you, John. How's it going? Good. So you're doing America. Stu does America. How does one... This is what the people need. How does one do uh, America? You got to have a lot of endurance, uh, a lot of medication. Uh, now I'm getting older, so it gets more and more difficult to keep things going uh, for a long period of time. Uh, but uh, you know, look, we got to cover the entire thing. You know, I've, uh, I, you know, I know you do a great job relentlessly mocking the left, uh, and I just don't think you can have too much of that. So we're just going to keep piling on and piling on until the whole thing falls apart. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I just hope it's consensual. But uh, <laughs> I, I think that I think that. Uh, there really cannot be enough because it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. And just at that point where you're like, OK, it can't get any crazier. Of course it does. And we saw that, uh, you know, prime example of that was at the debate last night, which just seemed I thought it was remarkable because there was it was so lackluster. I mean, you have all these people with their crazy ideas. But at a certain point, how much serious analysis can we offer what we saw on that debate stage last night rather than just sheer mockery? I mean, this is a this is a giant collection of dullards, right? This is a terrible field uh, that they've been able to put together. And you'd think, you know, this this wonderful party with all the benefits of, a, of an adoring media and all the things that come along with that, they'd be able to put together a couple of candidates that you could at least see making a run at this thing. So far, this is a disaster. I mean, they do not seem to have anybody who can uh, put together a coherent thought. I mean, Joe Biden, I mean, he, he's like he's like one of those you're driving a, an old car and you press on the gas and it doesn't quite go like it used to. 
I mean, you watch Biden answer, answer these questions and, and he crinkles his nose and it, it almost hurts you to watch. No, it, it's hard uh, to watch. Bernie Sanders actually smiled once in the debate. It's the first time I've ever seen the guy smile. Elizabeth Warren is lying like crazy. Pete Buttigieg looks like he's, you know, at bring your son to work day. It's a bizarre feel, John. No, it really is. And it's not just us. It's not just the right who's looking at this saying, uh, this is not viable. They have no chance of winning. Uh, old friend Van Jones, <laughs> he is even out there saying, uh, I, don't, I just don't see this happening. Let's roll that clip. Democrats got to do better than what we saw tonight. There was nothing I saw tonight that would be able to take Donald Trump out. I mean, I mean that's, just, that, that's just that there. When you I have mean, people like Van Jones saying that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you were we were around, we were together back in the day when all this when the Van Jones stuff was, was yeah, going yeah. crazy uh, back at the beginning of the Obama administration. It's like, you know, here's a guy. It's funny because I, here's a guy I never want to be near the White House ever again. However, here's a guy who actually, unlike many of other the other uh, people on CNN, at least is honest. Like, you know, he's looking at this field like we're looking at this field and saying, you know what? This is a disaster, guys, and we should admit it. He's telling you he wants Donald Trump out of the White House. He's also telling you there's no one on the stage that can actually accomplish that task. That's not only a really sad state of affairs for the left, although it might make all of us happy. Uh, it's, it's an interesting thing when you have to say a guy who is in an administration who, who talked about being an avowed communist at one time. This is the guy who's the most honest guy on CNN. I, we've come full circle, I think. No, I mean, and dishonesty has never been Van Jones's problem, right? I mean, his, <laughs> his, he's never been one of those guys who says one thing and then actually means another, which is in some ways kind of why I respect the guy. But this is a guy who wants mm-hmm. Donald Trump to lose. This is a guy who really wants a Democrat to win. And he's looking at this field and saying, guys, it's just not happening. None of these candidates does it for me. And you talk to Democrats. I have a lot of leftist friends. You know, I talk to them and they all say none of these candidates excites me. None of them. None of them. They, they have no one. And the media is completely oblivious to it. The media ha- has no clue that they're going to ruin this for their entire party. And it is their party. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, that's clear. I mean, and, you know, they're, the media is kind of in that position where they're almost like Cincinnati Bengals fans every season. They're just coming out there and just hoping against hope that these players are going to somehow win a Super Bowl. And it just, you know, doesn't look very likely. You know, you have a, you have a situation where uh, this should be easy for the left, right? A lot of this is a show. And, you know, they've got pretty much every celebrity on their side. Uh, yet what happens is they run a bunch of people, retreads. I mean, Joe Biden was a bad candidate in 1988. It's 2020 and he's leading their field. This is a cataclysmic for the Democrats when they should be able to put together a tough challenge. I mean, look, there's still we, we acknowledge here there's a lot of people who don't like Donald Trump around the country. Uh, they should be able to make this shouldn't be so difficult for them yet. What do they do? They're running, you know, last time Hillary Clinton, this time someone who's probably going to do worse than Hillary Clinton. Uh, And uh, it's truly embarrassing to watch, but in a strange way, very pleasing. So you've got it is for us, not so much for them, although might be for them because they don't seem to notice it. What do you think? How do you think they're going to what kind of shake do you think they're going to give Bernie? Because last time they screwed him over. I I mean, literally, Mm -hmm. 
r- rigged. Uh, you know, Donna Brazil had that article that essentially the election was rigged in favor of Clinton and she took uh, control of the financial apparatus there. So they completely screwed Bernie over. It looks like they're trying to screw him over again. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? (laughs) I disagreed. (laughs) Were they listening? I mean, what is that? Is that is that news? Is what, what what is going on there? I mean, there's a way to do that, right, John? You could say you could say to Bernie, like, look, did you say this? Uh, you know, and then you can ask her, well, he is denying this. Why do you, why are you saying it's true? You can't do what they did. That's a remarkable moment. And it shows that I think a lot of the same things that played out in 2016 are playing out again. Look, you look at this dynamic between Warren and Sanders. Uh, and I think the truth here is really clear. I wasn't in the room, but I have watched these people interact and, and talk to the media for a very long time. Bernie Sanders has sort of a Van Jones problem, right? Like he's a little too honest and he gets himself in trouble for being too honest. He's not the guy who comes out and says we can pay for Medicare for all without middle class tax hikes. Uh, That's Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren is a known liar. She lies all the time uh, to the cameras with a straight face. She has no problem doing it. And the idea that Bernie Sanders went into a private dinner with a woman who is supposedly his friend of 20 years and blurted out that she had no chance to win the presidency is obviously insane. He didn't do that. He may have said something to the effect of, well, you know, Donald Trump's so mean and he doesn't like women. He's going to be mean and it's going to be really hard for a woman to win. That's just a crappy piece of analysis. He's not he's not sexist. And if he is sexist, why is he such a close friend of yours, Elizabeth? Uh, the, the truth here is that Elizabeth Warren is telling as much truth here as she is about her Native American heritage, which is none. <laughs> and that is more true than anything Elizabeth Warren has ever said. Stu, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, John. Appreciate it, man. All right, folks. This show is Stu Brigier Does America. It begins on Blaze TV on February 4th. And then, of course, White House Brief, available as a podcast wherever you get your podcast. So please take a moment to rate it and leave a review if you can. And then you can also subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash John Miller. That is John with no H. Thanks for watching, folks. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief Podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it, and if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.